0: And welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Tom, it's been quite some time since we've recorded a Scouting Spotlight podcast. I think the people are clamoring for more content, and uh, we're only happy to oblige them. <laughs>
1: exactly. We don't want to disappoint anyone. And I, I mean, when was the last time we did it? Was it that... Colombian doubleheader at the start of the year. I, I, I can't really remember it's been that long, but I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to getting our teeth into a few more players and yeah, exciting, exciting times to, to
0: talk about the, the, the guy we're going to analyze today. We will be breaking down Paraguayan left back Santiago Arsamendia, who plays for Cerro Porteño in Paraguay. Tom, this is a player that you and I have seen a good bit of in the Libertadores over the past couple of years. His Cerro Porteño side started well in the Libertadores this year with a win over Atletico Mineiro of Brazil. Uh, A player, though, Tom, that maybe isn't quite getting all of the buzz that you would expect of a player who who has demonstrated what Arsamendia has demonstrated so far in his career. Uh, Break down him as a player for us, if you will, and maybe try to answer that question if you think there's any particular reason why he's not getting the buzz that uh, you maybe expect.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, in terms of the, the lack of buzz, I think it's, purely the fact that i mean it sounds harsh but maybe just because he's paraguayan then they're not get they don't get as much attention or coverage as the brazils or the argentinas or or even you know colombia uruguay chile uh, i think it's doesn't help when the national team sort of falls out of uh, of the world cup qualification cycles and and if they're not being talked about then then I think there's an obvious knock-on effect for for the league I mean the Paraguayan leagues never going to be one that's the, the most followed by English speaking people um but I think that there's there's something interesting brewing there and there's a lot of promising players and Azamendi is one of one of those he's um an an absolutely flying full back wing back it's I th- I think probably he he falls better into the the wing back rather than the full back category purely because you know he's he's had time uh, as a youngster playing on the wing, and he's 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 one of these guys who's maybe not quite uh, an attacking midfielder, but not you know a proper defensive fullback. He's someone who in in the right system can give you great width, um, acceleration, crossing ability, uh, and can. Can even pop up with some some pretty spectacular goals as well from range. If he if he's given a bit too much space, he can he can go on the outside. He can cut cut inside. Um, yeah, a really dynamic and uh, and interesting fullback who uh, who's who's been doing great things for Cerro.
0: Yeah, 21 years old, Arzamendia has spent his entire professional career at Cerro Porteño. He's made 67 professional appearances for Cerro. Um, He's appeared in the Copa Libertadores. He had a really impressive performance in the Libertadores last year. Tom, he was instrumental on Cerro Porteño's goal in their Libertadores opening win against Atlético Minato this year. Uh, He's a really good player, and I think he's one that we'll certainly keep an eye on. And at 21, he's kind of right entering that peak where... It almost feels like he's ready for that move, maybe not to Europe, but uh, I saw he was linked to Club America in Mexico, which I think would be a great move for him. Uh, a move to a bigger club in Brazil or Argentina, uh, perhaps even in Brazil, where fullbacks obviously are really sought after, particularly an attacking fullback like Arsamendia. Do you think that's the, the next step for him? And do you think that that timeline is kind of correct in thinking when he could possibly move? has he done all that you think he can do at Soto or, or do you think that there, there's still more that he could prove there?
1: Yeah, there's some interesting points you raised there and I think Brazil would be a nice fit because he, he would definitely fit into that tradition of attacking, flying fullbacks um, that, that you know, we've, we've seen so many good ones over the years and he'd fit in well and I've even seen him linked with Atletico Mineiro and they I'm sure their interest in him would have grown from from seeing his performance against them.
0: That time uh, is, so, yeah. is a classic Brazilian bit. You get beat by a team <laughs> from a smaller country, so you go get three or four <laughs> players from a said team from that country. Santos tried to do that with Barcelona Giguaya Kill when they knocked them out. So it's combinado going after Arcimedia after he played a big role in beating them, absolutely spot on.
1: Exactly. Textbook stuff there from from the uh, defeated team. Uh, But yeah, I I think a move within South America makes sense because as much as he has got a good amount of experience, it it was really only in 2018 that he became uh, an absolute regular. I mean, he or or maybe you could argue from the the, sort of tail end of 2017, if you're going to be really, really precise. But last season, he. He got what thirty-one appearances in the league, four goals. He, you know, he was instrumental in in Cerro's um, run in, in the Libertadores. Um, so I th- I think while he's old enough to make the jump, um, he's I wouldn't even I wouldn't necessarily say that he's you know done everything he can in in Paraguay. Still, I mean, he, he's got a couple. He's got a, a league title under his belt and uh, a few runners-up uh, medals as well. And and I generally think after. Cerro's decent start to the to the group stage they might be thinking you know what we can we can have a proper run in this tournament so it wouldn't surprise me to see him snapped up in the summer but at the same time i i could i could see him maybe lasting the year and, and certainly a move within latin america would, would make sense it would give him that extra bit of uh, visibility i think sometimes if you move to mexico it's, it's then quite a quite a comfortable place to then stay in terms of good wages, um, you know, decent level. And you're always going to be on the Paraguay national team radar there uh, as many of the, many other players have moved there and, and that's proved a successful path for Paraguayans. But I think Brazil, if if you're, if you're looking for the move to Europe, then Brazil or even Argentina might, might be a great, great stepping stone to then, then go on there because he certainly got the, the characteristics that could be molded into uh, a European side, especially one that's, uh, that's sort of going for uh, maybe a 3-4-3 formation, or or one that yeah really wants to put emphasis on on width and, and and getting the getting the wing backs forward.
0: I think a really interesting potential move, Tom, and this comes with absolutely no links. I've not seen anything suggesting this, but just kind of putting the pieces together of of what Arsamendia is good at, which is as you said, he's a fullback who can really get forward, who can be dangerous. Um, He can do a lot with his feet. Uh, I think his left foot is really impressive, but he gets it done with his right foot, and I think that's critical for a fullback to be able to kind of bomb forward on the left and and then cut back onto the right, particularly in that wingback role. Um, He actually had a match against Defensor Sporting last year in the Libertadores where Arsamedia picked up a pair of assists, the first with the left foot and then the second with the right foot, which is always what you'd like to see, and also could have had a couple more assists with better finishing from his teammates but a move that I could actually see working for him is one to Santos in Brazil. Jorge Sampaoli, obviously a, a, somebody who loves to have those fullbacks and wingbacks bomb forward, a manager with European experience. Santos were linked with Miguel Trauco, who has been on the outs at Flamengo for about six months now, a player who kind of fits in that same mold. And I think if you put those two things together, his skill set with Sampaoli and Santos, I think that's a move that I've not seen linked anywhere, but makes a lot of sense on paper and would be very intriguing to see. Obviously, there's a couple of other Brazilian clubs where he could do well at, but Sam 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 Paoli getting to to link up with Arsamendia as he looks towards a European move, that kind of makes your mouth water a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I like the idea. I mean,
1: me coming from a more Argentinian perspective, I could I could definitely see it, uh, him fitting in at either River or Boca as well if you think River really haven't had anyone to properly replace um, Saracchi since he left and and if Boca probably going to lose Frank Fabra at some point then then Arzemeni would actually give them a lot more um cutting um, edge and, and thrust from from left back so there the moves I could see work as well but certainly in a Pauli system if if he's able to recreate you know the glory days of of, of what he does best then yeah definitely I, I I could don't see why that shouldn't work as well and I, I like what you mentioned about the fact that he can he can always also use his right he's he's what I, what I really like about him is he's not a one-trick pony he's got a bit of intelligence about his play he knows when to cut into the you know into the half spaces rather than just bomb round the outside on it on his pace he he can d- deliver all kinds of crosses and he's actually a really good set piece taker as well certainly from wide positions uh, free kicks he can he can get a lot of whip and a lot of pace on the ball same from corners as well he's 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 often yeah, going to be a threat from from dead balls as well as when he's got space to run into. And one other little thing that I've noticed about him as well is he's got a really good throw on as well. He can get, you know, we've seen we've seen clubs like Liverpool appoint throwing coaches, and, and modern football is all about the marginal gain. So, it, yeah, he'll basically be a, a real asset to whichever club um, gets him, I think.
0: Tom, in baseball, an American sport that, that I'm sure you're well aware of, we'd call Arsemendia a five-tool player. Do just about anything you ask him to do on the pitch. And I like that about him, as you said. I think so often with South American fullbacks, it's, it's one-way traffic. They're either going forward and providing a threat and leaving you desperate on the back. And not that Arsameda is an incredible defender, but I think he, he's shown himself fairly well there. Or their defense, everything, and they're not really looking to go forward. But he can do a lot of things. He can cut back. I think in the right position, he could also maybe play a midfield role. Uh, I like the opportunity of him as a wing back, wing back and his delivery is, is really good. Um, his crossing, and as you said, those dead ball set pieces. He scored a free kick in a Paraguayan league match um, a, a couple, I guess that was last year. I don't know. Santiago Arcemendia has four professional goals, Tom, and I managed to stumble across a YouTube video that was Santiago Arcemendia's top four professional goals, which sounds like it's a good thing to click on until you realize it's just literally every goal he's ever scored. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, when he gets a goal, they're usually something special. I think,
1: was that free kick the one against General uh, General Diaz or, or something like that? That's an absolute thunder that just crashes off the crossbar. And then he also scored a really nice goal against, uh, I think it was Sol de America, just a kind of bouncing ball and he just puts his foot through it and it just like loops into the top corner. So, uh, I mean, I think you're maybe just um, a little bit um, sore after the fact that one of one of the goals that he has scored was against your beloved Palmeiras.
0: Tom, we have to talk about that. I knew we would get to it eventually. We did have to talk about that goal. Is that goal an <laughs> illustration of his great intelligence, picking out a goalkeeper off his line and sneaking a ball into the far post? Or is it a demonstration of his great crossing ability, where even when he mishits a cross, it manages to find the back of the net? Which is it? It has to be one of them.
1: Uh, let's be honest, I think it's the latter. To <laughs> I think it's it was just... Um, across that was a bit miscued but it just shows that he's putting the ball into those dangerous positions and hey even when a when he mucks it up it's, it still goes in the back of the net so yeah a, a lot to like about him and and you're saying there that you know obviously he can operate in midfield as well and um, but I, I think personally I like him coming from deep when he's kind of got space to run into and and, it, and even though his defensive work probably could use a bit of a bit of honing he's got great recovery speed to kind of get back and i remember he in uh, the group stage against monagas last last season he, he made an absolutely brilliant um sort of uh clearance that looked looked like uh, they were gonna concede uh, concede a goal there and he got back made up so much ground and just pinched the ball off the toes and cleared it cleared it away so yeah he's even if he's got a bit of a Uh, rough edges around his defending he he usually usually has the pace to kind of make up for um, make up for any uh, errors or um, positional uh, discrepancies that he might find himself in
0: Tom let's talk about his future with the Paraguayan national team Tom he's a player who at some point you have to think is going to get his run in the Paraguayan national team and it's maybe a bit surprising that it hasn't come yet
1: yeah I mean I I thought that the the uh, match made uh, with Osorio was gonna be perfect for him. I thought he you know, he was exactly the type of fullback that would have thrived in Osorio's system there. So I think that's that's a big shame that we never got to see uh, what could have been there with, with Paraguay and and quite an exciting batch of younger players being blooded now. Um so yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what Beriso does. There there are some other options there at fullback. Um certainly there seems to be you know, a decent amount of um of central defenders, but full back I feel like Azimendia is definitely up there. He's obviously gonna have um the likes of Blaz Riveros um for competition who's who's another fantastic um left back um prospect. I think we'll yeah, we'll, he'll get his chance, especially if he continues a good form um at club level. And um yeah, I think Paraguay if if they can get a good run together might be back in the running to to get back and and, and have another the World Cup appearance.
0: We'll look forward to seeing Arsamedia in the Copa Libertadores as well. As you said, Tom, the Cedro Porteño side have started well, a good win away from home against Atletico Miedo. They hadn't lost a home match in Libertadores in quite some time. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday evening. They will play Zamora of Venezuela in about an hour's time. So hopefully Arsamedia doesn't go and like score a hat-trick in that game, because then I'll have to edit that part into the podcast. <laughs> we expect him to, to show well there. Uh, this is a Cerro Porteño side, Tom. You alluded to it earlier. Some dangerous pieces. We could see Arzamendia maybe kind of bursting onto the stage and into the recognition with a good run for this side on a second straight year. They had a good run in the Libertadores last year as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, as we've as we've mentioned, they're they're an experienced side. They've got you know plenty of uh, old classic names that we're all familiar with there. And, and Arzamendia is probably one of the more exciting young players who's going to be playing regularly for them. And, yeah, there's there's no reason why they can't make a good fist of uh, making the knockout stages and and perhaps even bettering their performance from last year. So you'd think that once they've had two really good runs in, in the Libertadores, that people are going to wake up and, and, and really um, see how good Azamendia is. I mean, obviously, we've mentioned clubs, who've interested in him before. I mean, what do you think um, Cerro's chances
0: are um, in this uh, competition this year? I think they have a good chance, particularly given their start. You'd have to like them to get six points to start their Libertadores quest, um, which would then kind of put them in a pretty good position to get out. Uh, The fact that they started with a win away to Atletico Minato in what will probably be their most difficult game in the group stage is definitely a big plus. Uh, speaking of this group, I'd like Sero Potato to get out, but Tom, our old friend Rodrigo Amaral is back in the picture at Nacional on the bench as an unused substitute last night in the Libertadores match. It's only a matter of time until he breaks out.
1: Oh yeah, and he got I think he got his first league goal um, for about I think, what, two years? years—or Well, maybe not even league goal. I think it was probably more like four years since his last league goal, but two years since his last goal. Um, and uh, Amaro, one of our one of our scouting spotlight wild cards that we, we threw in there. He could, he could finally be coming good. So, I mean, that would be a a great, uh, a great rivalry that I'd love to see there. Azamendia versus Amaral. That's definitely something that could be uh,
0: quite feisty. I do have to say, Tom, at this point with Amaral, I'd just be happy to see him get on the pitch in the Libertadores match. I think that'd be a plus for us as a podcast, if that were to happen. But Hey, a lot of time still to go in his career. A lot can happen, and it's good to see him back on the field and in the picture. Nacional handed in the 10 shirt, if you believe in those sort of things, could be a sign. Oh, yeah. They they know what they're doing. They just need to get him back
1: in the the home comforts of, uh, of Nacional you know get used to those 1-0 wins and uh and then the magic will come so yeah I've got faith but anyway we are talking about Azamendia uh not um Amoral so let's get back to uh <laughs> let's get back to that um I mean do you see what sort of weaknesses do you see in his game uh, Austin
0: I think the defending is is probably the thing that people will look at and circle at this point and I think that will probably end up being kind of the deciding factor of where he fits in at whatever move he makes next, uh, whether that is to stay at, if he can improve the defending, he can stay at a left back role and maybe play left back at a really high level. If he can kind of keep it where it's at, it, maybe improve it a little bit, he could slide into a, like you said, a full back role in, in a, a three back set maybe, Or he could even be pushed up into the midfield given the situation. I think defending is probably the thing that I would want to see him clean up. And also in looking at the stats, he picked up a fair amount of cards. I think he got sent off a couple of times in league play. So that's always something to keep an eye on. Again, you and I aren't watching every single performance. So we can't necessarily speak to what brought on those cautions and those cards. Uh, and that that's something that, in most players can be cleaned up fairly easily. It's not generally a, a sign that something is necessarily wrong there. but you just keep an eye on it as his career goes on, and maybe that could be something for him to to try and clean up as as he perhaps looks towards a, another move.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. he's He's one of these proactive defenders who, who likes to be on the front foot and push up the high up the pitch, which I think sometimes can mean that he's got a lot of, tracking back and, and and recovery runs which obviously he's currently got the pace to to get himself out of trouble but yeah certainly that the tackling and the strength um will will need to be improved um, and he, he's not the tallest either which is not necessarily an issue but obviously can be um a bit of an issue when it comes to you know defending aerial balls and, and stuff like that so i'll be i'll be interested to see sort of where he where he ends up obviously i think the next Next move is going to be more of the the stepping stone, as we talked about before. But certainly, you know, maybe in three years' time, we we could definitely see him. You know, um, well, he, he could be in a number of uh, places. To be honest, I mean, if you had to just throw out a, a dart in terms of where uh, Azamendia will be in five years, where where do you where would you where did you see him long
0: term? I really could see Mexico, honestly, Tom. Um, I think. He may not have the level to cut it at a high-level European side. We've seen a lot of Paraguayan players go to Mexico and be successful. So I think that's probably where the best odds are. Obviously, he could absolutely find a a good fit somewhere in Europe and and be really successful. But I think the best odds are probably for him to kind of settle in at a pretty high level in Mexico, consistently in the national team, You know, at, at a club like America, at a club like Tigres, at a club like Monterrey. I think that would probably be the safest bet. But again, anything could happen. And who knows? There there could be a European team with a really good scouting system who comes in and takes a punt on this guy at a really cheap price from Cedro Porteño and sees what they can develop. Because look, again, he has all of the tools to be a really good player. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think
1: think another potential stepping stone that we haven't really talked about could be the MLS as well. Um, Certainly we've seen... um, Almirón do very well there, and he's he's gaining all kinds of new fans um, over in over Newcastle now with his performances. Um, and if you look through the uh, Paraguay squad, there we you know there's there's a few names, a few other converted Argentinians like um, Romero, Gamara, and Hector Vichalva, um as well as Paredes is is over the Portland Timbers at the moment as well. They're all in the current squad, and yeah, you could definitely see that being somewhere where a lot of uh, paraguayans move to for you know maybe a slightly higher level than than paraguay and some some stability in the league at least while also putting themselves in the shop window so yeah it's it's going to be interesting i th- i think give give it a few years and especially if if paraguay's a national team kind of steal back those the that spot that traditionally um, Ecuador or Peru have, have been taken in recent years and and become a bit more um, in the in the spotlight for you know your casual football fans then then you can see this budding generation that's uh, that's bursting through you know start making more waves in europe rather than being more dotted around um, Latin America as, as most of their squad seems to be at the moment so it's going to be interesting and it, it's Yeah, I find that sort of um, duality in terms of a player's career being being helped by the success of the national team quite interesting and and how I think they could both complement each other in that way.
0: Well, we will certainly look towards that. Uh, We'll look forward to profiling Arsamedia again 18 months from now and, and see where he's at You know, when we do one of our Catching Up Scouting Spotlight podcasts. But we really have gone on long enough, so we'll end it there for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. A big thank you to Tom, as always, for joining me. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media for all the latest from us. We'll have more Scouting Spotlight podcasts hopefully coming over the next couple of weeks. But as for now, all that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.